Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. I'd like to be able to... Anyway. I'm... My mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. My mind's going blank now. What the hell's going on here? Where the door? My mind's going blank now. I can't remember. I don't know what the hell I was talking about. What am I doing here? My mind's going blank now. Where am I heading? I keep forgetting I'm present. Where am I? No idea. I don't think there's the idea. I want to thank and recognize Dr. John John Kingman. His song is moving up in the dance hits that's being played in clubs around America. Even Democrats like the beat. They're toe-tapping to it because clearly Joe Biden's mind goes blank from time to time. And this being the lunch hour edition of WABC after that 15 minutes of no consequence. What does that guy have a podcast now? He got fired from his radio gig in San Diego. What the hell is this? It's the number one news talk station in the nation. Hey, Bill O'Reilly, come back. Gosh. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, back on track. There he was, President Joe Biden, flying into Syracuse, New York. What's Syracuse best known for, ladies and gentlemen? Obviously, it was the hometown that birthed Tom Cruise. And a rap singer now who has a million dollars of bling in his mouth. Now, you figure that out. Maybe we'll save that for Curtis Lee with super spectacular brain buster over the weekend. Because remember, I begin my marathon where I do the Quinella morning, noon, and night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and that's when I ask you trivia questions galore. But anyway, Syracuse was in the eye of this political race that you can tell the energy is in the air. There you saw Joe Biden embracing Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb because he was talking about how a chip factory was going to be installed there to help the... uh, Economy that has gone into the abyss in central New York, in that Syracuse area. And I remind everybody that this is an area that Andrew evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta, Cuomo, King Cuomo I, poured millions of our tax dollars into to build what was supposed to be the Astoria Studios of central New York, where they're going to be making films and films and films. They never even produced an industrial film, never mind a major film for either cable outlets or Netflix or Hulu or anyone else. And even they didn't even produce political ads. They never produced one film. Millions and millions of dollars. Because Cuomo, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, wanted to reassure his uh, reelection. And so he took our money and poured it into Syracuse. Syracuse is going, going, gone. They're even taking the interstate out that goes right through the city. Now, what does that say if they're taking the interstate out that goes right through the heart of Syracuse? And uh, 
building a chip plant that is being highly subsidized by the state, by the federal government, by everyone. They're all claiming, oh, it's so make us the number one chip producer in the world, superseding the red Chinese. But if you noticed, uh, there was a moment there, right prior, where the schmuck, no make that to putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer was heard on a hot mic in which she was telling the president of the United States it's looking bad for us in Pennsylvania, looking bad, which has triggered the fact that you're going to have not only uh, Joe Biden, Scranton Joe going into Pennsylvania and giggles, (laughs) Harris, and she'll be going into the uh, Philadelphia area, and then Barack Obama who will be sweeping from Pittsburgh to Harrisburg to Philadelphia Anything they can do to try to fortify the faltering Fetterman after that disastrous debate. But the point was, he gave the bad news on that hot mic. And he even said, can you believe it? We're behind in Georgia. Georgians are voting for Herschel Walker. Can you believe that? And I think that has earned earned, uh, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer a certain prize because he's got a political ad out now, Lou, in which he does it uh, all in Yiddish, or at least certain parts of it in Yiddish, could have sort of a little smidgen of it. Little smidgen of it. The Chuck E. Cheese Schumer ad. Let's start with an easy one. Schmoes. Schmoes. Well, after that faux pas, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, you are not a schmo, although I would add that. You are a schmuck, a putz, a schmendrick, a pisher. I don't know how many things uh, can be said about you, but it has caused an extraordinary uh, amount of blowback uh, by by Democrats from coast to coast who are saying, why would you say something like that? That should have been said in a private conversation with the president of the United States. But then again, leave it to Chuck. He is a male yenta. He can't stop himself from talking. So that gets us up to par in terms of what's happening nationally as both sides uh, sort of lock down. I must say I do not for the life of me understand why former President uh, Donald Trump has iced out DeSantis from a rally he'll be holding on behalf of Rubio. That is selfish. That is totally about I and me, which is typical of Donald Trump. That's why I'm saying it's out with the old, in with the new, ladies and gentlemen. How you cannot invite DeSantis, who is going to have a runaway victory against Charlie Chris. Remember, Chris, who was a Republican, then he was an independent, then he's now a Democrat. He uses Mantan. He's had many beards in his life. You don't want to jump into a hot tub with Charlie Chris, that's for sure. But the point being is, why wouldn't you invite probably the most popular governor, governor in America to a rally for Marco Rubio, who's in a very tough race, simply because you, Donald Trump, think that he may challenge you in an upcoming presidential primary. Come on, how selfish, how petty. And this is what it's come down to. This is what it's come down to. We want a rerun of the 2020 election, not me, out with the old and in with the new. But, ah, there's a new... uh, a new memo that's gone out here in New York City, and we are awaiting uh, what is actually the situation that has occurred uh, in the um, uh, mid, uh, actually the Bay Area, the East Bay Area, where Nancy Pelosi's house, uh, there was a home invasion in there. Somebody came in there, obviously uh, a threat 
to the speaker, supposedly that person who is in custody now is claiming, where's Nancy, where's Nancy, where's Nancy, which flashes back to uh, uh, the invasion of the Capitol on January 6th. You remember, I forget which guy in particular, I don't know if it was the guy with the moose hat on from Colorado, you know, was saying, where's Pelosi, where's Pelosi, where's Pelosi? Uh, This could become a last-second trigger for a lot of Democrats who have been saying that you cannot trust the Republicans, you cannot trust the right-wingers, you cannot trust those who might actually do harm to our candidates. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Uh, We have resuscitated this. In fact, remember when Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, insisted that his brother Bernard who was parking cars at that time at Virginia Commonwealth University in Virginia. Parking cars. He had been a um, uh, police officer in Queens. He uh, did the the public uh, service outreach. Wasn't a very active cop, but everybody said they liked him in Queens when he was uh, assigned to various precincts. But he retired. He went down to Virginia and basically parked cars in the uh, parking lot of Virginia Commonwealth. The mayor claimed that he had to have his brother in charge of his intel. He had to have his brother Bernard, uh, who had been a fellow police officer, up here providing security for him. Why is that, Lou? Why did he have to have Bernard? My brother is qualified uh, for the position. Uh, Number one, he will be in charge of my security, uh, which is extremely important to me in a time when we see an increase in white supremacy and hate crimes, I have to take my security in a very serious way. Yeah, 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 you're you're in danger there. But just to uh, pimp off of that, extremist groups may target political rallies and voting sites as Election Day approaches. The NYPD warned their intel unit. And you know who's the author of this? Bernard Adams. That's right. Eric Adams' brother. The current complex domestic threat environment has led NYPD police to be extra vigilant as early voting sites open up tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, Racially and ethnically motivated violent extremists and anti-government and anti-authoritarian violent extremists will continue to prioritize the targeting of political rallies, voting sites, poll workers, and election officials, necessitating elevated uh, vigilance as the U.S. midterm elections begin. This again by the Intel Division of the NYPD, the author, Bernard Adams. By the way, the only candidate who has been attacked now twice, right? right? I mean, think about that, uh, Lou, is um, uh, the Republican candidate, Lee Zeldin. Remember, in Monroe County, he was attacked on that stage outside of the VFW Hall by that crazed uh, veteran. Uh, And then also recently when there were the drive-by shootings that took place in Shirley, Bucolic Shirley, 30 feet away from his uh, two daughters who were at home. They had to go upstairs, lock themselves in the bathroom as the bloods, the blood gangs were having conflict outside. Wow. Oh, how misguided. But let me give you an update. I told you I'm devoting every extra minute away from WABC to the election of Lee Zeldin and his running mate, uh, Esposito, as lieutenant governor. And for all the local candidates who have poured their heart and soul into the race, it is tough to run for an election. Look, I ran for for mayor. That's a high-profile election. But imagine you're running for state senate. You're running for state assembly. You're running for city council seats. You're running for congressional seats. Sometimes you get little, if any, attention. And yet you got to go door to door. It's tough to extricate votes. 
it's tough to have doors slammed in your face like uh, the Jehovah Witnesses do and the Mormon missionaries do as they go door to door. But I was out last night, and oh, what a great time that I had. What a great rally it was, not only for Zeldin, but also for local candidates, local Republicans. And it was absolutely fantastic. As I was uh, with Mike Conigliero, who's running for state assembly against Dan Hevesy. Dan Hevesy, who, as you know, the son of Alan uh, Hevesy, who disgraziata. And in fact, Dan Hevesy has been invisible for the people of Forest Hills, Middle Village, Glendale, uh, Kew Gardens on the issues of homeless shelters. He hasn't opposed any on the jail in Kew Gardens. He's been in favor of no cash bail. There's been a 68% increase in crime in the area. And we were at the Village Saloon on Elliott Avenue. And it was absolutely amazing. And the group that keeps coming out to these Republican rallies in large numbers with new energy and new verb is the Asian-American community, the Chinese-American community. I first remembered it in my campaign. Phil Wong was in the lead there. And, oh, my God, there have been so many others. I actually won for the very first time the only mayoral Republican candidate ever to win the Asian-American, the Chinese vote. And there hosting the proceedings was Tony Nunziata. He is the chairman of the Queens GOP. He has invited, invited in Lee Zeldin, and he will be there at Juniper Valley Park again, 3.30 on Saturday, rain, snow, sleet, or shine. Come on out and join Lee because he's got the momentum. In an internal poll, they're only about 2% behind. And out of the uh, five boroughs, we know he's going to win Staten Island, no doubt about it. But he could conceivably win Queens. And if uh, Lee Zeldin can win Queens, he will be the next governor of the state of New York. Anyway, there was Tony Nunziata, a uh, great guy. He's like a florist. Uh, you may, may have remembered uh, O'Banion in Chicago and the uh, mob wars uh, during bootlegging uh, against uh, Al Capone. O'Banion got one right in the back of the head. Well, the one thing about O'Banion is uh, he would kill you, and then he'd send you a nice floral arrangement. The great thing about Tony Nunziata, now that he's the Queen's GOP, he's old school is that when he takes the Democratic seat, in this case, Mike Canigliaro versus Dan Hevesy, he sends you a nice funeral arrangement of deathbed lilies. Not that he wishes you any harm, but he obviously wants to do an RIP. Rest in peace. And, hey, finally go out into the private sector, uh, Dan, and get a job where maybe you're hanging wallpaper because you have failed the people of Forest Hills, Regal Park, uh, Glendale, Middle Village. Oh, yeah. The founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. This is not a shelter issue. This is a humanitarian refugee migrant crisis. Humanitarian crisis. And so we're going to pivot and shift as it needed. <laughs> pivot and shift. Pivot and shift. I do the boogaloo. Ow, a salsa. Pivot and shift. Pivot and shift. First you pivot, then you shift. Pivot and shift. Pivot and shift. The wolf. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Uh, pivot and shift. Pivot and shift. This is not a shelter issue. First you pivot, then you shift. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Pivot and shift. Pivot and shift. 11 days to go before the midterm elections, and there's a lot of pivoting and shifting on the part of different candidates, depending on which part of the country they're in. The lead story today, we're waiting for the details, is that 
Nancy Pelosi's house, there was a home invasion. She was in D.C. Her husband was at home. A guy uh, broke his way in, attacked her husband, and apparently a scream, where is Nancy, where is Nancy? He's in uh, custody right now. It's expected to be an update uh, momentarily. It'll be very interesting to see who this Kukulamunga is, if he's emotionally disturbed or if it's uh, related to Nancy Pelosi's politics. So stay tuned on that. I'm sure Greg Kelly will have more details uh, following uh, the end of my program at 1. But we speak of uh, pivot and shift. Listen last night on the roundtable discussion with John Katsimatidis at 5. Andrew Evilize Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, came on to talk about the rising crime situation from Buffalo to Brooklyn. That has become the number one issue in this gubernatorial campaign between crime wave Kathy Holcomb, who Cuomo was supporting, and uh, law and order candidate Congressman Lee Zeldin, who I'm supporting. I'm in an Uber. Now I'm an old guy, right? I'm a New York City guy all my life. I'm in an Uber. The driver is is even older than me, probably about, <laughs> 70, probably about 70 years old. The guy from Manhattan ran bars in Manhattan, uh, all sorts of different jobs, but a real New York City guy. And we're chatting. Uh, and I said, what do you think about how bad it is? He says, worse than ever. I said, hold on. I said, not worse than ever. Not like uh, late 70s, the 80s. Uh, you're afraid to walk down the block, the chain snatching. Uh, you couldn't show jewelry. He said, you're wrong, Governor. Worse than ever, I'm telling you. By the way, I'm next going to be talking about Chris Redd, right? Former SNL comedian, did the uh, imitations of Eric Adams, was punched out outside a comedy club, and the guy went for his chain. But anyway... It was Andrew uh, Evilized Cuomo talking about the status of crime in New York City last night. It is very bad. And, you know, uh, public safety works two ways. There's the reality of it and there's the perception of it. People are saying, I feel scared. I feel afraid. Well, Andrew Cuomo, uh, your friend, Eric Eric, uh, the swagger man Adams, with no plan, is always saying it's the perception of crime, the perception of crime. It is interesting, though, that uh, Andrew Evilized Cuomo will not take any responsibility when he was governor because, remember, he signed the no-cash bail legislation. He signed the legislation that will not allow a judge to remand someone to jail because they are a danger to themselves and a danger to the rest of society. Remember that. Oh, the revisionism is great. <laughs> and these politicians, they think we're all stupid. We're stunad. We're dummies. We don't remember who was where they were at the time that we needed them. But I do, Andrew Evilized Cuomo. I'll never forget. You are the one who signed that no-cash bail. And you were proud of it at the time. Anyway, speaking of Chris Redd and Eric Adams... Remember when Eric Adams had first been sworn into office, he seemed to take on the mantra, the identity of Superfly TNT, Shaft, he's a bad mother. He loved that term, the swagger man. When a mayor has swagger, the city has swagger. (laughs) I remember almost immediately on Saturday Night Live, one of the characters in Chris Redd, 
African-American performer, very good comedian, uh, decided to play the role of Eric Adams in one of those uh, initial SNL skits after Eric Adams had been inaugurated mayor. It's me, Eric Adams. And don't adjust your television set. I am this handsome, you understand? <laughs> Spring is sprung, New York. And I'm also sprung, too, looking at all these baddies and sundresses. <laughs> now, now, I'm just playing, unless you like that. <laughs> but for real, this Easter, I got the best news of all New York. We got him. We got the shooter. Sure, it took 30 hours, and the suspect turned himself in, but we got it. Case closed, subways fixed, ride without fear. And I'm not just holding a press conference about this either. I'm throwing a parade, y'all, like we do when the Yankees win the World Series or when the Mets finish a season. <laughs> in conclusion, shooter caught, sexy back, violent crime way up. <laughs> I'm from New York. It's Eric Adams. I run this town. Ah, uh, you remember. You remember that skit? Swagger Man. Oh, Eric Adams loved it. I thought, man, it made him seem like a pimp. You know, he was totally pimped out on that stage. It was like Shaft. He's a bad mother. Watch your mouth. Superfly, TNT, all those black exploitation movies that came out of the 70s. But it stuck with Eric Adams. He loved it, and he's never been able to shake it. Now I've sort of uh, uh, put a caboose on that and call him Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, because he has no plan. But if you notice, Lou, what what was it? The other night, Chris Redd is going to the Comedy Cellar. It's about 9.45. He's scheduled to do a performance on stage. That's right off of McDougal Street in the West Village that has had a 68% increase in crime. 68% uh, increase in crime. And some guy wearing a private security officer's outfit cold cocks him and grabs his chain and runs. Now, you would think they have video cameras all over Bleecker Street, right? They're off. We haven't yet seen uh, this guy on film who snatched Chris Red's chain and then knocked him out. I mean, cold cocked him. Chris Red uh, then was brought to Bellevue Hospital to get patched up. By the way, Lou, did Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, visit his homeboy, uh, Chris Red, in Bellevue Hospital? Of course not. Of course not. It was on to other things because Eric Adams was too busy if you look at his schedule. It's like a borough president's schedule. He's doing ribbon cuttings. He's going to ethnic dinners and lunches and gatherings. Really what a borough president does, and not a mayor who should be really locking down on the growing crime problem. In fact, Lee Zeldin was part of a conference yesterday about the growing violence in the public school system of New York, and he weighed in on Zoom And he suggested that not only school safety agents have bulletproof vests, but that they also be armed if they qualify. Uh, Well, a lot of people have been saying they should have bulletproof vests, uh, I being one of them, because it's not just for those occasions when a student will pull out a gun and start blasting other students or maybe even aiming it at the dean or the guidance counselor or a teacher or one of the parents who's a parent volunteer in the massive public school system here in New York. No, no, no. It's also for all the knives because when they try to stab. Okay, I got that. But I do disagree with Lee Zeldin. 
just as the head of the school security union, who I've known many, many years, President Greg Floyd, he's no uh, progressive liberal. But do you really want to arm the uh, school security officers, many of whom I know who who have a very tough job to do? But I would not arm them. Oh, no, I, w- I would not arm them. What I would advise, Lee, and I will uh, try to reach him. He's got a very busy schedule. He's going around the clock. It's a focus more on the fact they only have 3,250 security uh, officers now. In elementary schools, there's usually only one at the front door, uh, and that's not good. They need at least 5,000. Before the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020, there were 5,000 school security officers. They need to continue to wear that facsimile uniform that makes them look like they're a part of the NYPD, which they are just like the track, uh, traffic enforcement agents. They need to continue to wear that uniform. And they continue to need to be supervised by the NYPD because uh, others, like Jumani Williams, the public advocate who uh, wants to destroy the police, defund the police, uh, wants to destroy school safety, defund school safety, and the Democratic Socialists of America, is, man, you got to give them the tools they need. But I would suggest, if anybody's been in a public school, and I've been in quite a few, You do not want to arm those school safety uh, officers. That is not the place you want to go. And then remember, it's all about perception. You have a perception of crime. The mayor of the city of New York says it's a perception. Governor Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb again says, look at the analytics. It's a perception. Sure, you can make an argument. There's no doubt in the 70s and 80s it was worse. 2,000 murders a year under David Dinkins, 5,000 unsolved Uh, shootings, organized street gangs in many of our neighborhoods who would wear cut-off lead jackets with names uh, scratched on the back to try to make them look like Hell's Angels forever. It was a lot different. What you didn't have is the stranger danger that you have now, where somebody comes up to you and cold cocks you. Doesn't necessarily look like the Meshuggah bots or titched, But all of a sudden, you're waiting on a platform or you're going up an escalator or you're walking in the streets and they just come up to you and kabah! They just cold cock you right in your face. Or they sucker punch you, give you a knockout punch from behind. The cops are now hunting for the 26th subway shover of 2022. And that is not a perception of crime. But the other big argument that the Adams administration is making, which is very laughable, is they claim that their sanitation inspectors went out and did a survey of the streets in the five boroughs of the city of New York, led by the sanitation commissioner, a woman named Tish, from a family in which they were famous uh, in their limousine rides. Uh, they would say to uh, Jeeves, the limousine driver of the Tish family, pass the Great Pool Pong. This woman never picked up a piece of litter in her life. And yet Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, makes Tish the head of the sanitation department. And she said, she claimed, based on surveys of all of you in the five boroughs, that only 2% of the city streets are deemed to be filthy. It is your perception of that, Lou. Meantime, we are rated the second dirtiest city in the world now. Second only behind Rome, and I concur with that. I've been to Rome. I would throw Naples in there too, man. Naples, have you ever been to Naples? I mean, there's garbage everywhere. 
And normally strikes that take place and the garbage piles up forever reminds me of the strike that took place when Nelson Rockefeller was governor, John Lindsay was mayor, and they wouldn't work together like governors and mayors generally don't work. And they had to bring in the National Guard to pick up the trash. And the rats were everywhere back then, but nowhere near as great as they are now. So yesterday, our worthless city council, the deadbeats and slackers, passed a series of uh, laws that would actually cause the rats to be under attack. As Eric Adams has gone on to say, he's not so much worried about the criminals or the emotionally disturbed or the homeless or the illegal aliens flooding in from Venezuela. He hates the rats, who he says has no place in the city, the four-legged rats. And obviously, if there are any two-legged rats in his administration who are diming him out, Uh, and going to the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District, which they should be doing at this very point, or even to Alvin Bragg, the the Manhattan DA, right? Turn him loose, Alvin Bragg, who who can can, uh, investigate political corruption. He did it in the U.S. Attorney's Office. He's proficient at that. That's why you never hear Eric Adams, never name and shame Alvin Bragg, because he's afraid of an investigation into City Hall and all the... uh, Cronery, uh, cronyism that takes place there. Anyway, uh, the city council yesterday issued a memorandum in declaring a war on four-legged rats. They said universally the rats have plagued New York for so long they have begun to define us. They have come up with all kinds of remedies to spend more of your tax dollars, uh, which include more pesticides, which the rats have become immune to. They become super rats. They want to put more dry ice in their lairs, which doesn't work. But they don't want to take the Eric Adams approach when he was Brooklyn Borough president, which is to drown the rats. And I would say, based on the fact that yesterday, Lou, if you can give me a little cat meow, yesterday was National Black Cat Day. And black cats, as you know, going uh, back historically, there is a stigma against black cats going back to the Middle Ages. That if they pass in front of you, it's bad luck. We've seen that happen on football fields. Uh, We've seen that that happen on baseball diamonds. And immediately they cast dispersions saying, oh, you're going to have bad luck. Uh, When you go to a shelter to rescue cats, as my wife Nancy does and other animal rescuers, because you need to know if you surrender a cat or if they have a cat in the shelter, if it's not declared for adoption in 72 hours, they destroy it. They kill the cat. And the number one group of cats who are most unwanted are the black cats because of the old stigmas that go back to the Middle Age. I would suggest, and I'd be more than happy to help uh, the city council, which is lost on this rat issue, as is the mayor, to uh, rescue and save all these cats that they have in the New York City shelter system who will soon be destroyed and killed. Organize the cat colonies. There are many volunteers who do that now. These are feral cats, outdoor cats. They cannot be domesticated. And having them there will deter the rats, the mice, and the rodents. This is proven. The bodega cats, right? The Department of Health wants all these bodegas in stores not to have cats. They would much rather that a uh, exterminator come in like, uh, actually, (laughs) Chuck E. Cheese Schumer's father was an exterminator and lay down the poisons and lay down the traps. And the rats still survive. They become immune to it. And they grow in numbers. So why not do 
what other cities are beginning to do and establish feral cat colonies, which volunteers can run with a little bit of assistance from the city uh, to provide the food. Once you lay down the food, once you lay down the water, once you give them a little shelter when it really gets inclement, those cats, through Mother Nature, will keep the rats, the mice, and the rodents away. That's what I offer to the city of New York. But you know, Lou, every time I call the mayor's office and said, hey, I'll, I'll undertake that with my wife, I'm introduced to Mr. Click. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. in another Yankee uh, season. And we sure ain't going to the World Series. By the way, uh, World Series uh, starts uh, tonight, Friday night. Philadelphia Phillies versus uh, Houston. And, you know, for the first time, Lou, there are no African-American players on either team. Now, there are some dark-skinned Dominicans, and Houston has a really... A guy, great hitter. I think it's Alfonso, rookie from Cuba. Looks like Minnie Minosa. Look, when I first saw him playing for the Chicago White Sox, jet black, uh, almost like Poppy when he played first base for the Boston Red Sox, Dominican. But they're not uh, quantified as being uh, African Americans. The first time in maybe seventy years, there will be no African Americans on either t- uh, either team. That's amazing on either the Phillies or the um, Houston uh, team, if not for the Latino ball players, you know, coming from Venezuela, coming from uh, all parts of the Hispanic-speaking world, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, we can go right on down the list. Uh, baseball would have a really tough time um, fielding competitive teams. But put that aside. I go with the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, I want the Phillies. Although there is a problem with that, Lou. If the Phillies win every time they've won a World Series, the country goes into a recession. And I got to believe that um, Joe Biden, even though his mind is on the blink all the time, had to have been a Philly fan. If you live in Delaware, generally you're Philly fans. You're so close. You can reach out and touch Philadelphia. But let's put that aside. The other night, I had an opportunity to attend a dinner at Seton Hall University in Orange. Uh, I was not able to make it. The uh, person who invited me was Dr. Castillo, great listener to WABC, great friend of the Guardian Angels and the Republican Party in Jersey. Has uh, raised a lot of money for them. And great ophthalmologist who operates in Patterson. And he was giving out an award to Mariano Rivera. I couldn't make it because I'm busy campaigning every spare second I have for a wide variety of Republican uh, candidates, both uh, in northern New Jersey, Passaic, Bergen County, and throughout the five boroughs, mid-Hudson Valley, and uh, in Long Island, Nassau, and Suffolk. I wish I could have been there because I think Lou, on that very night, that very occasion that he was uh, given that very prestigious award, and rightfully so, greatest reliever in the history of Major League Baseball from Panama, Mariano Rivera. Could have been a starter. He was initially when he came up. Apparently he said what many of us have said as tried-and-true Yankee fans. Uh, Hank Steinbrenner has got to get rid of Aaron Boone. We're never going to get into the World Series or win a World Series as long as Aaron Boone is the manager. Apparently Hank uh, has dug in 
and said, Aaron Boone's our guy. We signed him up for three years uh, last year. Come on. Come on, Hank. Do the right thing. You know your daddy. George Steinbrenner would have had him out. Now, obviously, attention deficit disorder when you remember the life and times of Billy Martin in, out, in, out, in, out. It was almost Trumpian at that point. But, hey, a hell of a lot better than Hank just sitting here saying, oh, no, no, Aaron, Aaron Boone's our, our manager. Hey, Cashman, yeah, he'll be our general manager. He seems to be implying that. Oh, man, I side with Mariano Rivera. I think all good Yankee fans out there. And remember, Mariano Rivera, Lou, it was like the Sphinx. He never weighed in with an opinion. Absolutely not. You think that Derek Jeter didn't give interviews of substance? Mariano Rivera never said anything, anything controversial. And yet, at Seton Hall University the other night when he won a very prestigious award there, great university that it has been and will continue to be in Orange, he laid down the gauntlet for all of us Yankee fans and said, basically, Hank Steinbrenner, got to get rid of Aaron Boone. We're never going to get into the World Series, never win a World Series. I want to announce today is the grand unveiling of the video of Pivot and Shift that we have done. A lot of hard work has gone into this by our social media office at WABC. They're very busy. Stephanie Bongiorno, Joe Melisi, and Gina Limberopoulos. Well, see, I got that Greek name. Wow, they worked real hard on this. They followed me in the streets of New York City. They did a lot of takes, retakes. In fact, it's such a good video about Eric Adams' pivot and shift featuring yours truly, Curtis Lewa, that it's up for a daytime Emmy Award. That's how good it is. That's the initial reaction. To watch the video now on 77 WABC's Twitter account at 77 WABC Radio, that is at 77 WABC Radio, the Pivot and Shift uh, video that has been nominated for a Daytime Emmy Award. 